Hey everybody, it's Chris. If you're a sports fan like me, or you're just a fan of a great story, you gotta check out Press Box Access, a sports history podcast hosted by Todd Jones. Todd sits down with fellow sports writers who experienced firsthand some of the biggest sports moments of the past 50 years, and they share some of the stories behind the stories, some of which they've only told to each other. What I personally love are the wild stories that you might not hear so much about on SportsCenter over the years. Like when Indiana-based sports journalist Bob Kravitz recounts the time Bobby Knight showed up naked to an office meeting with him and then banned him from the Hoosiers' locker room for the next three years because Bob wrote a story he didn't like. Or when Alexander Wolfe tells a story about going out on the town in Chicago with Dennis Rodman and Carmen Electra in the middle of a Bulls playoff series. Or when Dan Wetzel talks about what it was like to be in the media room when Temple basketball coach John Chaney stormed into UMass coach John Calipari's press conference after a game and threatened to kill him. These wild and fun stories, paired with stories about real sports greatness, you know, like the 1970s Steelers being the greatest NFL dynasty ever, or the legendary rivalry between Larry Bird and Magic Johnson, and even the impact of protests for social justice issues in sports, make Pressbox Access a show you should check out. Pressbox Access is part of the Evergreen Podcast family, and it's available all the places you get your pods, and you can also find Pressbox Access on YouTube. Go check it out. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. You might not know the name Baltimore, but you have almost certainly encountered the anthemic Tarzan boy in unexpected places. From iconic Listerine commercials to grand wrestling entrances, this unforgettable 80s song continues to live on decades after this Italian music project burst onto the scene. This week, we're joined by Jim Legrando to unravel the mystery of who actually sang the song, the fascinating concept of the millennial whoop, and the biggest question of all. Is there any need to swing further into the jungle of Baltimore's back catalog? Stay tuned to find out. One hit is all you need to make the money guaranteed. Live off royalties forever And it makes me wonder Is it just a wonder Or is it one hit thunder Well Jim, welcome back. You're sitting here in my living room. Matt is here too. And uh, it's nice to be in person to do some podcasting. And today we are here to talk about Tarzan Boy, a song that I didn't even know was a real song when I saw it in the Listerine commercial years ago. But yes, it is a real song from the 80s. And, uh, you know, 
I had band practice. You guys hung out here in the house, and you did all the research on Baltimore. The only research I did was to put Tarzan Boy on on my way home, and I was I was like, okay, well, I'm going to listen to some other Baltimore songs. I'm going to listen to all their top songs. It was one of those situations where it was Tarzan Boy like eight times in a row. Uh, from well, different things did it play like the different like remixes or the extended yes. thing and all yes. that stuff yeah because they don't they don't have a lot of songs well yeah. tarzan boy itself is like six minutes and 18 seconds long i guess that was the the first one i put on which i assumed was the original song and not some sort of remix was over six minutes long we learned a lot and we're going to okay. explain a lot of this to you um but i want to start with the listerine commercial first that that's a great place to start matt because that's how I know the song. I just vividly remember yeah. this commercial that this song was in for Listerine. And Matt and I did look it up on YouTube and watch it. And I don't I don't know if you vividly remember it, Chris. Is it but a Listerine bottle like swinging on vines? It sure is. It's yeah. sure, so there's, it sure is. But it's, so, it's Cool Mint. They introduced Cool Mint is why this existed. So it was, it was always original Listerine. And this whole commercial is basically, this is the same great great power mm. of Listerine, but it doesn't taste like Listerine. Did you ever have original Listerine? It almost uh, burned to a certain uh, level. That maybe yeah, I had to have had it's like Listerine. gargling with kerosene. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, right. it's uh it's it's a little it's a little hot, as they say. Yeah, is it is mouthwash actually like good like I don't really use mouthwash. I use a water pick. I take care of my teeth you know i have a sonic care and i use a water pick and i like really take care of my teeth but mouthwash is that like proven to be like a thing that I'm, should should i be mouthwashing i i believe that you should be you really? should be. i i i don't know if this is a rumor or truthful but i've been told that like someone like me who's never drank in his life if i got pulled over and was given a breathalyzer and i had just recently used mouthwash that it would show traces of alcohol mm. in in the breathalyzer so from i think that is that just an urban i think that's an urban legend in the sense of it used to be that way like original okay. listerine when people would do that i think might have been the case okay and i think that they've now switched to like because we have like a I, look i could be wrong we're not here we're not experts i'm not saying on anyone can drink and get I, fucked no, no. up on listerine I, but i think it had I, something i, in I there. think that that was a, a situation that they rectified as a company because i think people were concerned about it for that reason <laughs> and they want to make sure that you're out there buying mouthwash and stuff but no chris not that we're you know we're here we're 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 amateur dentists and and i guess you know oral care people here but i i think the idea is that when you use mouthwash outside so water pick is great because it's getting like the food bits out of your yeah. teeth and whatnot but the mouthwash itself has, you know, the chemical compound that's like eaten at the gingivitis and whatever else is kind of going on in there, mm. right? So it's, I think, it's just a way to keep it, keep a little, keep a little more hygienic, I guess. But look, I don't know. It's probably like, look, the fact that you're using a water pick every night is already probably putting you above like ninety-five oh, percent of the people in the world with teeth cleanliness. Well, you get, you know what? You guys convinced me. I'm gonna buy some Listerine. Hell and, yeah! Uh, this get has that been, cool mint. This has been a great episode of Oral Care. Uh, it's it's nice. Right. But we're not done talking about these Listerine oh, yeah. commercials we because we tangented that. So right, so we, go. We've got <laughs> let's make it back. We've got even more crazy. So there, it was used in two Listerine commercials. All right, mm -hmm. it was used in the one that you talked about, where it's swinging on the vines, and we're gonna come back to that in a second. It was used in a second one where it was the Listerine bottle was like Robin Hood firing arrows in an archery contest. Both of them used Jungle Boy. Tarzan, Tarzan Boy. Tarzan Boy. Sorry. 
If you're playing I'll, the game, you got to drink. Yeah, take a drink. I will explain the com- the confusion at a, uh, later on in this episode. Those commercials came out in 1993. This band broke up in 1987, but reunited to re-record the song oh. in 1993 for these Listerine commercials and for Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles three. <laughs> where they, it appeared. they use this and they use the they use this and that. But do you know what company? made those Listerine commercials. What company? Yeah. Um Pixar? Yes. Oh, nice. It was the first it was a project. Nice work, dude. Yeah. <laughs> Pixar. I mean, I, I a Listerine bottle swinging. I didn't know it was Yeah. One of the only things I It was an of. early Pixar project to help finance Toy Toy Story, which they were working wow, on at that time. Okay. And the person who directed the video where he's swinging on the vine was Andrew Stanton. Andrew Stanton went on to write all four Toy Story movies, and he directed A Bug's Life, Finding Nemo, Finding Dory, and Wally. And it all started with it a all started with commercial. a Listerine bottle swinging on a vine that, around the jungle. I wonder if that dude like was it like he was like listening to it on the radio, and he was like, "Man, that would be perfect for a Listerine <laughs> commercial." Well, what's boggling my mind is you're telling me that. That Listerine commercial made such an impression on me that I'm remembering it like it was a commercial from two years ago. And you're telling me it was before any Dude. Pixar movies even existed? Before yes. any Pixar movies even existed. 1993. And the other wow. one that I was talking about with the Robin Hood arrow thing, here's maybe why those are locked in your memories. The one with the bow and arrow won the Gold Clio Award in 1994, which is like basically the Oscars for advertising as the best advertisement Nice. of 1993 <laughs> so wow. like Dude, it they, was a big deal what, what do you think they mainlined that commercial on like simpsons or something like how have we have seen it <laughs> to have such it, a like because i knew the commercial I was when watching, i was eight yeah i was like, watching a lot of mtv yep. at that time me too so that might have been it it just might have been yeah blasting mtv with huh. listerine commercials i mean i'm sure that there, look <laughs> There's literally, I just saw, we have the TV on, uh, full disclosure, and Supermarket Sleep is on, and I just saw Listerine as the people were, were running down the aisles. They sure Man, were. Listerine did a good job. Yeah. A, an unforgettable commercial, and they're just, they're everywhere. And I think it's telling me something. I do have to go out and get that bottle of Listerine. So, Chris, let me <laughs> ask you The Supermarket Sleep might be from 1993. What, yeah. what yeah. country do you think Baltimore came from? Obviously, when I listened to it, I didn't remember the verses at all. I I wouldn't have been surprised if it was all instrumental, except for the. And we're going to get into that too because I found out something fascinating about that noise well, that you just made. There's well, an official term for that phrase now. Oh, okay. Well, where do I think Baltimore is from? Yeah, like nothing about the verses made it even sound like they weren't American to me, but. My second guess would be France. Close. Belgium? No. It, it was Italy. Okay. Uh they were from Milan sure. specifically. Okay. So they were a bo- they were a group from 1984 to 1987. Uh they're considered a one-hit wonder in the United Kingdom and the United States, but they did have a follow-up hit, a minor follow-up hit in Europe. Was it Woody Boogie? Yes, the Woody Boogie. <laughs> That's the other song that came on, and I'm like, uh, it was one of those situations where I'm like, okay, this sounds 
kind of like Tarzan Boy, except not nearly as good. And yeah, it know. it was a it was a top twenty hit in Germany, Switzerland, and Sweden. Okay, so those are the only countries that could possibly be like Baltimore in a one hit wonder. Yeah, sure. Here's something that you're about to learn. So, uh, guys, stay tuned for Matt Kelly attempting to pronounce very Italian names. Oh, let's do it. But in early 1984, Marazzo Mazzi. Okay. A it's, mu- it's Maurizio. Maurizio. Okay. Maurizio Mazzi. Maurizio Mazzi. Maurizio Mazzi, a music producer and musician from Milan. Uh, he had already released a bunch of music unsuccessfully. Okay. But he comes up with this. Uh, so he records the entire song, but he concludes that he does not have what it takes to make it. Dun, so, dun, dun. so he hires Jimmy McShane from Ireland, who is just an EMT who was a trained actor and dancer to be the face of this band, even though he has no singing capabilities. When you watch any videos of this band playing, it's Jimmy front and center lip syncing every song. So this is like Millie Vanilli years before Millie Vanilli. Was he just hot? Yeah. Okay, he's a hot guy, but who's singing the actual thing? This Maurizio Maurizio Mazzi. Yeah, he's- What a name. Yeah, he's doing all of it, right? So they create this song and that's why I think they had such a short career. It's like this ruse could. I think he was like this ruse can only last so long. We can't. Sure. Yeah, it wasn't very clear. It, like it, you know, not that we did. Like we like we spent several hours in the Baltimore library stacks trying to figure out what's going on with these guys. But it wasn't very clear whether or not the lip syncing part of it was obvious. Like it was obvious to, to us. us watching the videos. Like within four seconds, you can tell this dude is lip syncing. But. I don't know if it was obvious. It was like everybody knew that, and it was just kind of the case. It doesn't feel like it was Milli Vanilli to me, where people were shocked that this was the situation. Mm, yeah, it feels like everybody was just like in on the fact of it because they were just kind of dancing to the D- Tarzan. Did he boy. look like a Tarzan kind of guy? No, no, no. no. He looked like he looks he like was... Thomas Dolby. Yeah, Thomas Dolby was like oh. hotter, I guess. Yeah, it was like okay. a hot Thomas Dolby. Okay, <laughs> uh, imagine. Think for a second. Hotter than Thomas Dolby. <laughs> yeah. Picture Thomas Dolby. Make him like ten times more hot. Ten times hotter. Yeah, Jesus, that's that's your man, Thomas Hottie. Wow. Okay. <laughs> Jim McShane, <laughs> aka Thomas Hottie. So they have this single, Tarzan Boy. It's released on April in April 1985 and becomes a huge hit in Europe. It peaks at number six on the Italian singles chart, chart and enters the top five in a bunch of European countries including Germany, Switzerland, Austria, Sweden, France, the Netherlands, and Norway. Then it makes its way to the United Kingdom charts where it hits three. And then it was released in Canada in October. We were late to the to the game. Yeah. The United States didn't discover this song until early 1986. And we got this to number 13 on the Billboard charts. Okay. That, that, was, our, that was our vibe with it. So just so that we can see here uh, what was going on in the States. Song peaks at 13 on March 1st, 1986. It was sandwiched between King for a Day by the Thompson Twins at 12 mm-hmm. and Burning Heart by Survivor at 14. Okay, all right. Our top five we're looking at is, oh boy, we're Matt Kelly stumbling on names. Here we go. 
uh, The Sweetest Taboo by Sade. There you yeah. go. Yeah. yeah. You learned how to say Sade. Yeah, you did it, man. Number four. Sweetest Taboo. Number four song. was Living in America by James Brown. Ooh, okay. Number wow. three was Sarah by Starship. Sarah. That's a yeah. good song. Yeah. Number two was How Will I Know by Whitney Houston. Ooh, oh, great okay. one. And I never actually knew how to pronounce this. Number one is the Mr. Mr. song. Is it? Uh, I, I think it's Kyrie. Kyrie. Is that Kyrie. what it is? Yeah. Yeah. Kyrie. I would have known Broken Wings. So they released this album. Now, even though this song has been a hit everywhere, right? They put out their album Living in the Background. It comes out mm -hmm. in Europe at the peak of all of this. And even despite all of the success of Tarzan Boy, it only charts moderately. In fact, there was only two countries where it even hits like in a top 20 album. So like people even off the gate, they're like, love that Tarzan Boy, don't really want to hear what else this band has to offer. Right. I assume also that I mean, I guess there was probably some sort of 45 single that people were buying. So they probably yeah. bought the shit out of a Tarzan Boy single, but then left the album to rot, which I actually found one. I have this album. It isn't that great, except for Tarzan Boy. Yeah. It's the only one I've ever seen when I got it. I found it at some weird spot. It wasn't even a record store in Philadelphia. I bought two records that day. This and Phil Collins' face value. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> How are you going to top Tarzan Boy if you're Baltimore? Yeah. You can't top, you can't top that chorus. You, yeah. can't, you can't do it. What are you going to do? Make a different sort of noise? Yeah. <laughs> like... I, I <laughs> just become the the band, yeah, the known band for making crazy what kind noises of no song. What kind of noise would become huge? We're we're saying this is like, they're saying that's like Tarzan swinging on a vine, going oh 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 oh. oh. I don't know. Right. Tarzan was Tarzan ever a show? It's just a movie, right? It was movies well, and shorts and stuff like that. Yeah, was it a book first and then the movie? Or I'm I mean, sure just it was. I'm sure it was a ton of stuff. I yeah. wonder. Like, if Tarzan actually made that noise is what I'm getting at. Well, he did in the, not that specific noise. That's a lot. <laughs> it almost sounds like if you took the movie version of Tarzan yelling and put it through auto tune is I, I, what they're okay. doing. I've never seen Tarzan movie. Have I'll say, have, uh, I've never seen it. I'll say, I'm going to pull up a Tarzan yell. I've got my laptop right here. Are you talking about any Tarzan movie I've or the Disney any... Tarzan? Speaking oh, of Phil Collins. There's a Disney Tarzan? Well, yeah, we talked about Phil Collins. He had that song in there that made it. They got oh, Oscar You'll Be for In it. My Heart? That's Tarzan? That's Tarzan, yeah. Tarzan movie. I guess I forgot that. That's it. Oh. Yes, that's a Tarzan yell. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, uh, 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 it's just taking that and making it more melodic. Literally, yeah. like I said, it's it's like throwing it in auto tune and calling yeah, it okay. a day. So, All right, but there was no auto tune back then. No, no, Someone's no, no. doing that. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. I'm not going to lie here. I've become a factor fanatic lately. I'm a busy guy and getting to eat restaurant quality meals that are ready to heat and eat in two minutes has been amazing. 
Eating better is easy with Factors' delicious, ready-to-eat meals. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian-approved, and ready to go in just two minutes. You have 35 different options to choose from every week, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. And also, there are more than 60 add-ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. I've been spreading the word to everyone I know, not just here on the podcast, but in person as well. Factor is the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, premium options with no cooking required. You get as much or as little as you need by choosing your meals every week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. And the math doesn't lie. Factor is less expensive than takeout. Plus, considering every meal is dietitian approved, it's also nutritious and delicious. So what are you waiting for? Get started today by heading to factormeals.com slash one hit 50 and use the code one hit 50 to get 50% off. That's code one hit 50. The words one hit and the number 50 that is at factormeals.com slash one hit 50 to get 50% off. Hi friends. The world got you down. Don't be sad. Listen to $2 Late Fee with Zach and Dustin. $2 Late Fee is the podcast that celebrates the best decade of entertainment, the 1980s. We pick a movie and soundtrack from our youth that we loved and see if it holds up today. We also interview your favorite celebrities from that era. All in the spirit of positivity and togetherness. Check us out at $2LateFee.com. So what this, so this was something else. This was another weird rabbit hole we fell down doing research so i'll read to you exactly what it said in the wikipedia and then the weird reference point that we went into it said the refrain uses tarzan's cry as a melodic line this is referred to as the millennial whoop the millennial whoop the millennial whoop so there was a whole wikipedia page dedicated to the millennial whoop so this is a newer phrase the millennial whoop obviously but it says the millennial whoop was coined by musician Patrick Metzinger, who described it in a blog entry on the patterning in August 2016. The millennial whoop is a vocal melodic pattern alternating between the fifth note, the dominant, and the third note, the median, in a major scale typically starting on the fifth in a rhythm of straight eighth notes and often using a wah and o syllable. Uh, it was used extensively in 2010's pop music. And then there's this little, little like two second clip in the Wikipedia. Okay. Yeah. And I've heard of this before when you said it. Yeah. I've heard about, I've heard about this before and I wonder what songs. They have any examples? They have a couple examples, boy. I'm glad you asked. Uh, so the first example of this was actually Jungle Love by Morris Day and the Times. Oh, we, oh, we, oh. Okay, right. Then then Tarzan Boy was the second example. The third example was the DuckTales theme. Woo! Woo! <laughs> Just, I mean, that's a really quick that's one. That's a really quick one. I think it's a bit of a stretch. Ones that we definitely know. Kings of Leon, you somebody. Oh, 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 oh. Okay. You better use somebody. I don't remember this one. It says Kesha TikTok. Where's the woes in TikTok? Um, is, oh, don't stop making hot DJ blow my speaker up tonight. 
Till we see, see the sunlight. sunlight. Tick tock on the <laughs> clock and the party's oh, on stop. Uh, Say, uh, oh, 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 oh. It's oh. almost, it's <laughs> almost it's Tarzan, Tarzan boy. It's, oh, oh, oh. Um, it has Bad Romance by Lady Gaga. I'm assuming they're talking about the rah, rah. Yeah, part. that's got to be that part. Rah, 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 rah. It says California Girls by uh, Katy Perry. California girls, they're undeniable. Oh, yeah. It's at the end of it, it's wait. Yeah. And he's on top. Okay. So here's the big one, though. Yeah. Because it brings it back to your girl. My girl. Good time by Al City featuring Carly Rae Jepsen. In 2013, songwriter Allie Burnett tried to sue Carly Rae Jemsen and Jemsen. Al City. Sorry, and Al City <laughs> over the song, arguing that it's too similar to her 2010 song "Ah, It's a Love Song" mm. because they both use the millennial whoop. Wow, the millennial whoop. Yeah, I mean, Jepsen settled out of court, uh, but Al City followed through with the lawsuit and won. I think that. That you need some millennial whoops and punchlines well, new I, songs? I, I think I have to get a clearer <laughs> understanding of what a millennial whoop is because I feel like it's going back and forth between the oh, same note. I think you're right. A actually. bunch of times. So yeah, my example's wrong. Mine's oh, just a whoa. Oh, 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 I mean, I, I like that California Girls example is pretty, pretty, oh, pretty close to the most modern yeah, sounding right. version yeah. of it. Oh, 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 like okay, so a millennial whoop is. That is a perfect example. Oh, 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 like kind of like a repetitive yeah. thing between the same two notes. Okay. Yeah. So you asked, how do you follow this up? Well, they tried with their second album, Survivor in Love, that came out in 1987. And when this and all of the singles off it failed to chart, they lost all of their label support. And Bozzy just at that point was like, all right, well, the band's over. They reunited to record the the new version of it for the Listerine commercial. And then, unfortunately, uh, two years later, Jimmy McShane, the face but not the singer of the band, uh, passed away from AIDS-related illness. And that was the end of Baltimore for good. Um, now, post his death, like we said, the song showed up in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 3. It appeared in Beverly Hills Ninja. It also showed up in TV shows that are based in the 80s, like The Goldbergs and most recently Stranger Things mm. used it in the new season. And it's become a thing in sports. My oh. confusion, why I keep referring to this as Jungle Boy and not Tarzan Boy, Luke Perry's son, Jack Perry, wrestles under the name Jungle Boy and uses Tarzan Boy as his entrance music when he comes to the ring. Okay. And as recently as 2023, Major League Baseball season, Tarzan Boy is the walk-on song for the New York Mets, uh, Mark Can- Canna. Okay. Nice. So, <laughs> yo. So here's a question as a tangent, just as, but interesting. So that so that guy uses Tarzan Boy as his walk-in song as a wrestler. Yeah. What what song would you use if you were a wrestler and you were going to walk in? What would be oh, your entrance music? Man. Who wants to go first? Right, one second. I'm going to cheat because you're going to cheat, Jim. I've thought about this. <laughs> what? <laughs> and I was like, I'm about to show you something so funny. You know how yeah. like people manifest stuff. It better be funny. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. You know, people manifest <laughs> stuff in their dreams. I have you manifested a, wrestler entrance music. I have a Spotify playlist called Entrance Music. Oh, nice. That is songs that I would, if I was invited onto like a talk show, like what I would want to play me out to the stage. 
Wait, but it's... <laughs> Dude, of course Matt Kelly has this already prepared. Is it like... what? How, why is it? How is it a playlist? How is it not just one song? Meaning, well, like, it's different options. You, okay, you know, so it's like there's different options depending on what talk show. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. What's the okay. vibe, what's the energy I want to bring? Okay, okay. All right. Wow. So, well, I mean, indulge us. What do we got on this okay, list? So let's see. So right, you're going to be on uh, Regis and Kathy Lee. Okay. Okay. Regis and Kathy Lee. <laughs> well, actually, it's Kelly and what's well, it, Mark? Yeah. No, we're going back to the we're okay, going we're back to the early nineties. Yeah, we're going it's back re- in time. Okay, it's yeah. Regis and Kathy Lee. Yeah. All right. Okay. Well, then in that case, I'll probably go with something a little bit classier. Okay. Jefferson Starship Jane. Right. The song from What Out American Song. Yeah. Nice. All right. Nice. Yeah. That would great. be that one. But then, like, I don't know. Like, let's say I'm on, like, The Tonight Show. I might want to do, like, Run the Jewels, Ooh La La. <laughs> nice. Good choice. But then I also have, like, I don't know. Maybe I want to do, like, Kick in the Door by, <laughs> by Biggie Smalls. <laughs> See. All right. What? Well, <laughs> I I like that the the first song on Nas Stillmatic. Ooh, yeah. The intro song, you yeah, know, like that song's great. It's Stillmatic is underrated album. It's the first song on Stillmatic, right? Yeah, not think, Illmatic. Yeah, not Illmatic. I think you're Stillmatic. talking about Stillmatic. The first song on Stillmatic, yeah. That song is incredible. So that so okay, so it's SummerSlam, you're coming out, that's the song that's playing? I mean Matt, are you pulling it up? Yeah. Oh, oh man! Heart of a king. I mean, <laughs> yeah, that excellent choice. That's a that is a good one. I also think it would be pretty hard to deny if you came out. If you want to, I mean, you're talking about wrestling. I'm not like a wrestling fan. Well, okay, we don't but, have to. I, but whatever, you're base. You're you're coming not, out with my base. No, coming out with your base. Uh, no, you're in the bullpen and it's the bottom of the ninth, uh, and you're coming out to close the game. Oh, come out. I, well, I Was feel that like change the song then? Maybe because I'm coming out of the bullpen. I feel like <laughs> baseball is such a a sport where it's not like it's not like football or something where you just want to like run there's like a different type of skill to it. I feel like it'd be like walking out to golf play golf and like putt and like listen to something that psychs you up. I don't know. I, <laughs> I like how deep this got. It's just like, I want to play, 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 play you. Out. I want to like, well, I'm going to talk about this. My point is Bulls on Parade oh, would, great. Yeah. would be awesome if you're a rest, if you're going to go somewhere where you have to kick ass, you have to like run as hard as you can. Maybe before basketball, basketball maybe. But if you're saying I'm a pitcher walking to the mound, God. I might I don't want to throw a wild pitch because I'm so psyched Look, up. Dude, I'm, <laughs> I'm just trying to put you in a non wrestling okay. situation. I want to I want to <laughs> play three other songs on this playlist that I'm equally proud of. I don't know what the circumstances are, but I'm sure at one point. Any of these three would be a good option. Yeah, some Primus, Primus. <laughs> some Primus coming out to some Primus. There's what, what situation would you come out to Primus? The first, <laughs> the first thing that popped into my mind is that you're going to like, a, you're going to like a part of your fa- like a family reunion, <laughs> just and, coming and in. Everybody's real <laughs> drunk, <laughs> and, it's, and and like, oh. Oh, Chris is here. I'm dressed in an all-American flag outfit yeah. or something. Yeah. Right, or here's or, the circumstances or you, or you just learned that you're not the father. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, here's the circumstances for this one. You're showing up on like a, a daytime morning talk show. Okay. Think of like the Drew Barrymore show, Ellen, Old Rose, any show where it's almost expected you're going to dance your way out because mm-hmm. it's a it's a it's a fun it's a fun daytime talk show 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's going to get him up. Yeah. But I think if you're talking, all right, it's wrestling match. I need to intimidate the person I'm coming out. Talk about a song that makes you want to just run through a fucking wall. <laughs> Annie up. <laughs> Kind of goes off. Yeah. I feel like I'm coming out to Andrew WK's party hard. Because, <laughs> yeah. like, you hear that thing, when it's time to party, we will party hard. <laughs> but then my, Pyro goes off, everybody's fucking losing it. But it's my version fantastic. of that is your. Ru- that music hits and you're running in like it's the start of Eric uh, every Eric Andre show where yeah. you're just like smashing a desk yeah. for no reason. I mean, I, I think all those choices were were were, were rock solid. I mean, I don't know. I, I'm not going to shit on Primus, but that was that was a tough choice. That was, look, was a, look <laughs> you got to have that's, a wild card every that's, once in a while. That's very situational. Yeah. yeah. You know what? Like if I was asked to speak at a comedy festival, like, sure, here he comes. <laughs> he's, he's silly. He likes weird music. All right. Well, speaking of weird music. Mm-hmm. I think we've come to that point. Okay, let's do it. Thunder oh. or blunder? Wait, before we get into this, I have to add one thing. Maybe you didn't realize this, Chris, but how many dues do you think these guys paid before they got to the top of the charts? <laughs> uh, I don't know about... I don't know what dues were paid here other than, you know, it is could be considered a due paid for the their role in the creation of pixar that's a due paid in a way right uh, i mean it did say that this dude before but, he formed this band had a bunch of failed attempts at previous singles so it's so you said he put in the time i think he in put the in 70s. the time and then just knew that he had a hit but he was like well i've already burned the goodwill of my name so right. i'm gonna create a well, fake because before pixar came around this band the band ended in 87 yeah, band so was that already commercial long. was 93 yeah, yeah i guess they <laughs> i guess we can't give baltimore all the credit for pixar because it's like i think it said they formed in 83 and by 84 this was top no, of the charts they formed in 84 and the top of the charts in 85 oh there you go yeah. all right so yeah, it was a one-year turnaround well let me ask you this though this listerine commercial that launched a thousand ships apparently <laughs> Uh, and and 10,000 clean mouths. And no one could ever forget. <laughs> it's, just, it's in our brains, dude. Well, like, how is it in our brains? I don't know. Uh, but this commercial that no one could ever forget, <laughs> if the Baltimore song wasn't in it, would we still remember if it, it was just Listerine swinging on a vine? It, absolutely no, not. It's, it's, it's the song. It's the perfect mix of song and visual to keep it going whereas because it's i mean the visual is i mean it's not it's just the listerine bottle swinging on a vine but it's but the song and the lyrics and stuff are different it's just what it is correct me if i'm wrong the success of that commercial was instrumental in the creator of or, or the creator of pixar this this guy this needed to happen for his career to launch i'm right? pretty sure i think this is what helped keep the lights on while they were trying to get that first toy story movie right. finished because it was not a project that disney believed in at the time so like well, i whew. i would also say this like the power of this song we just said like it's this entrance music for this baseball player it's it like i will i am not the biggest wrestling this guy entrance, entrance music for a random ass baseball player no, is not that impressive <laughs> well, no no but i was gonna say <laughs> no, like it's a wrestler but, it's not a baseball but, player <laughs> but like going back to the wrestler like this dude 
I don't really follow AEW that much. It's it's like if there's a pay-per-view, I'll go and watch it with friends, but it's like not something that's destination TV. But you watch it and he comes out and it is a whole arena of people singing along with the song. Okay. Like it's one of those things where it is such an earworm. I I forgot that this song existed prior to this. I was like, God damn, whoever they hired to create Jungle Boy's entrance music hit a fucking home run with this one. And then I was like, wait a second. Then I was watching Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 3 one day, and I heard it in there, and I'm like, well, you know, this is before Jungle Boy existed, so I guess it's a song. <laughs> like, um, <laughs> I didn't remember the the premise on Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 3, but Matt said it's, that the turtles brought Tarzan Boy the song to ancient Japan. <laughs> wow. Okay. I'm pretty sure. I can't remember for sure. I remember at the start, they're partying in the sewer, and they're listening to Tarzan Boy. <laughs> But I think it comes up a second time once they get transported into ancient. <laughs> if anybody can confirm the yeah, plot, please. please believe it in the Facebook page. Yeah. It's it's basically a crappy version of the Turtles in Time video game because they don't do nearly the exciting things that happen in the Turtles in Time video game. Okay. Um, <laughs> All right. So I guess it's Thunder or Blunder time. Yeah, go ahead. You're our guest. Oh, okay. Well, <sighs> this is this is this is a hard one in the sense of because this song. You know, it's fantastic. It, you know, like you said, it launched a thousand clean mouths and uh, and whatnot. But man, the rest of the catalog, we didn't sleep on it. We listened to it. We know that it, it ain't it ain't it. Yeah. Yeah. And this is this is it. So I guess it's I mean, I don't know. The song itself is pretty thunderous, but I Baltimore is not Baltimore is not thunder. We can't say that. Then what are they? Say the word. <laughs> oh, say, say it, Sega. No, it's, I guess they're a blunder. Baltimore. It starts with B. Blunder starts with B. It's on the same same boat. Also a B. I'm right there with you. I I think that this song's great. I do, I will say, I don't. I think that anyone else could have done like that. You know how we talk about like only this band could have done this song like. I think that there's a ton of other bands from the 80s that if they had stumbled upon this song, it could have been a hit for any of them. I don't think Baltimore brought anything, anything really to the table except for the oh, 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 because the verses are like forgettable as hell as well. So I'm going to go full blown blunder on this one. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you're telling me Baltimore is Maurizio? Is Maurizio. The, yeah. It's Maurizio. And, and then they just have some studio musicians that played live with them while uh, while Jimmy Lip sang. In yeah, front of yeah. Them. So Baltimore kind of is this Jimmy guy who didn't really sing. Yeah. Uh, well, I guess we're going to certify it blunder. Do we also get that notarized and yes, sent? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we we get this really mean, really mean notarized thing. Like so, sorry, sorry for all your success with this song, but you have been certified blunder <laughs> by. By one hit thunder, sorry. Thunder. One Hit Thunder is hosted by Chris Fios of the band Punchline and produced by Matt Kelly of Geekscape.net. 
Underneath me, you're hearing Universe off the Punchline EP, So Nice to Meet You. Be sure to check out punchlion.com for any upcoming news on the band. Our podcast has a Patreon now. Find us at patreon.com backslash OHT podcast for early access to our episodes, bonus conversations, and a chance to vote on future songs for us to cover. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to us on any podcasting app, and tune in next week for more One Hit Thunder. Calling mission control. What if this is a black hole? listening to the Geekscape Network. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No What's up, everyone? It's Joe, and I'm the host of That's Awesome with Joe, a podcast on the newly formed Sound Talent Media Podcast Network. I talk with tons of your favorite artists, managers, touring personnel, and more. Most of the time we talk about music, but lots of the time we end up talking about something completely unrelated. We laugh a lot. We do a lot of really stupid things, but also some things that are really informative and interesting. Basically, it's a podcast that I think you should listen to. Obviously, I'm biased because it's my podcast, but I think I might be into it if I wasn't the host. Check it out at SoundTalentMedia.com.